Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. I am your host, Laura Reeves. Here at the Good Dog Pod, we are all about supporting dog breeders and responsible dog ownership. We provide dog lovers with the latest updates in canine health and veterinary care, animal legislation and legal advocacy, canine training and behavior science, and dog breeding practices. Subscribe and join our mission today to help give our dogs the world they deserve. All right, guys, today we are wrapping up back to school month with some great ideas for canine conditioning and fitness. So I pulled together a couple interviews with canine fitness coaches, Kristen Sandstead and Dixie Ray Sick. And they are going to give you guys some amazing training and exercise plans as we all head into the dreary winter weather ahead. Hmm. These are almost all workouts and games that are ideal for indoors on days the weather outside is frightful, as they say. So first up, Kristen has some outstanding suggestions for getting your dog's brain engaged to help tire out the body. Welcome, Kristen. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited for you to talk to people. You've got some great stuff. I am a certified professional dog trainer. I am one of five in the state of Nebraska, and only two of us have had our skills assessed. I am also a Association of Professional Dog Trainers, not only member, but a trainer that is able to teach and test for their canine life and social skills program as well as the AKC Canine Good Citizen. And I just got back this fall from Kira Sundance's Canine Conditioning Seminar, and I am now a canine conditioning coach as well. So super fun and exciting stuff. And that's what we're going to talk about is this canine conditioning, right? I hope so, among other things. Just ways (laughs) that people can help meet their dog's exercise needs. Because one of the biggest reasons bad behavior happened is because dogs are bored. Bored dogs cause more trouble and drama and headache than any other dog. And they wind up getting rehomed and going to shelters and it's a bad scene, right? Exactly. The average dog has three to five homes over the course of their life. And I think those numbers are way too high. So my goal for anybody who comes in contact with me as a client or as a pet owner is just to reduce those numbers, because I think that's just ridiculous, ridiculous numbers. So education, 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 and teaching people how to do better and to have dogs fit into the homes that they live and fit well. Yes, I love that. And one of the things people think of when they think of exercise is they think of just straight up cardio. Mm -hmm. So I'm also a triathlete. So when people think of exercising and exercising their dogs, they think swimming, biking, running, playing fetch for an hour, those type of repetitive, high cardio workouts. And they overlook the benefits of mental exercise, whether it be obedience or shaping tricks, getting those dogs to use their brain for thinking instead of OCD get the ball, get the ball, get the ball, bite the frisbee, bite the frisbee, bite the frisbee, those type of OCD things. And you can get your dog twice as tired in half amount of time using mental exercise. I love that. I think it's overlooked. I think it's totally overlooked. 
So let's start with nose work. Give us some ideas about really concrete things people can do to get their dogs using their brains and their noses and not have to go outside. Absolutely. Fantastic. So one of the things that, you know, I heard somebody talking about, I got a new puppy, a trainer, and was like, I didn't use a food bowl to feed my puppy for the first six months I had them. I thought, wow, fantastic goals. I did not make it that far with my wire hair. (laughs) Sometimes you just need the ease of dumping the food in the dish, serving it up like a maitre d' and getting on to the next thing on your to-do list. Right. However, there's lots of ways to use meal time for brain time. So there are a million food puzzle toys out on the market. So instead of just serving up that food in a dish, making your dog actually work for their food. I stress that really highly in the winter months when nobody's playing outside. And I also push it really, really hard in August and September when the kids go back to school. And suddenly morning is mayhem. We're trying to get everybody out the door to the bus and the dog isn't getting the exercise that they got in the summer. So Mm -hmm. my two favorite food toys are the boggle ball or a buster cube. Mm -hmm. One looks like a giant dice and the other one's actually a hard plastic ball. And you pour the food in measured out, pour it in, and then the dog has to push it around and three to five kibbles kick out (laughs) depending on where it is in the rotation. Right. Not a toy to do during movie night because it's a hard plastic toy. (laughs) Right. Makes a lot of noise. A lot, a lot of noise. However, it was awesome when I had a five-month-old wire hair puppy because (laughs) I could baby gate her in the kitchen, throw down her boggle ball, and I could hear where she was in the kitchen and I could kind of keep tabs on her while I was in the other room getting ready for my day. So <laughs> I'm just hearing this in my head. It's fabulous. Linoleum floors, yeah. banging into the walls and cupboards. Yes. But I could keep tabs on my dog and exercise her and slow down her eating. I'm all about multitasking. Love it. The other one that I love is, you know, you're a dog geek when people get you dog toys for your birthday. So I got a smelly mat. Okay. First of all, I have sniffy mats where you make them with fleece tied in knots. Right. So I have two of those and they're like 12 inches by 12 inches. Well, I got this smelly mat. It was purchased off of Amazon. I have pictures of it on my Big Moose Facebook and Instagram, but it is huge. It's probably almost two feet in diameter. It looks like the shape of a rose. And I haven't even used all the extra stuff that comes with it because you have all these pull out toys that also hold food. I can put two cups of dog food in this thing and I timed it one day. It took my wire her 30 minutes to get all of her breakfast down. Wow. Because there's so many pockets and envelopes and pull out. They've got books and all these removable, open upable, open upable, right? <laughs> Pieces. And I'm just really, really, really impressed. It has like seven different pull out pieces plus the actual mat that lays on the floor that each piece of the rose has space for food to be hidden in between and inside, which was awesome. Okay. Can I just interrupt here for a minute? Because I have your dog's siblings and relatives and I can see some frustration where it's just a shredded rose by the time. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, with some of these canvas pullout pieces, I thought that's where we were going with that. 
So I really kind of helped the first few times. And when she started chewing on it, I'm like, (laughs) oh, wait, but look here. And I would kind of open it up so she could get her face in. And then the light bulb clicked on and she was like, oh, I don't have to eat through it. I can open it up. (laughs) So this is an interactive toy. This is not throw your dog in the dog crate with its snuffle mat and let it go at it. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, so the first few times it was interactive and now I can leave her unsupervised. Now would I leave it in her crate all day? Mm, No, probably not because there's a lot of fleecy, chew-upable stuff and I really like it. But yes. The way our dogs are designed, their nose smells so much more than our noses do. And it lights up more of their brain for them because of that than it does for us. Right. So if you want lazy ways to exercise your dog, call me. I have a thousand, (laughs) a hundred thousand lazy ways to exercise your dog. Which is a little funny coming from a triathlete, Kristen. I'm just going to say that. I know. People are very surprised to learn that I'm incredibly lazy. I'll put up a three-hour bike ride, 50 miles, but I'm lazy. I'll do a three-hour race, but I'm lazy. (laughs) So I have a million ways to exercise your dog without having to work very hard. Love it. Because after a race, I don't want to be out walking. Right. (laughs) That's recovery week. One of my favorites is to throw the toy to the bottom of the stairs, make them run down and get it and bring it back up. That's my lazy solution. (laughs) Exactly. I use that all the time. We actually just used the stairs for this week's canine cardio workouts focused all on core because the best way to prevent injury, whether you're a human or a dog, is to have a strong core, right? Mm -hmm. If our back muscles are weak, it's really easy to throw out a disc or to hurt yourself, things like that. And Mm -hmm. so we actually use the stairs in almost a slow motion movement to get our dogs to slowly go down the stairs and stand in that decline or incline position instead of just ramming up full tilt and jamming down 100 miles an hour, hitting four out of the 14 stairs. Mm -hmm. So stairs are fantastic. You can use them for a million different things. Okay, so what if you don't have stairs? What's my next project? So if you don't have stairs, We'll just transition into more canine cardio since I brought it up. Yep. There's a lot of things that you can use in your house to help strengthen your dog's muscles and to help them be at a better fitness level than they are right now. Whether it be you have a young, gangly teenage dog who's growing faster that they can control their limbs, or whether you have an adult dog who obviously dock diving season is over. Right. Or a senior dog, you know, my English setter's in double digits now. Right. And keeping those dogs at the best fitness level that they can be. So some of the props that we used for our month of canine cardio is we used a step stool to get our dogs to step up. And then we used cookies to have them stretch their neck. So look right mm-hmm. till your nose touches your ribs. Look left till your nose touches your ribs. Look down without Mm -hmm. bending down, and look straight up. So stretching those neck muscles, which is really easy to tweak a neck. Yeah. We've all done it. And, you know, the dogs are cooped up, so they're ramming and jamming inside, and they either get T-boned or they're playing tug, and they whip the toy too hard. Mm -hmm. So we used just a kitchen step stool. We used stairs. We used our couches 
as well. And we used couch cushions Mm -hmm. because while I am in the dog training business and I've got a lot of awesome fit dog equipment, not everybody has that. So use what you got. And having your dog stand with their rear legs on a couch cushion, that has more movement than rear legs on the floor. Right. So they have to kind of balance to manage that movement. We Mm -hmm. also used some stuff that some people will have, like an exercise ball. We got the dog's front legs up on the exercise ball and had them moving their legs forward and backwards, which is a really great low impact workout for your giant dogs. Great Danes, Wolfhounds, you know, if they've got a sore shoulder, having them stand on their hind legs, then when you start moving that ball, there's less weight on that front end because the rears are supporting it. And so that was a nice lower impact working on leg mobility. Mm -hmm. So the next prop that we used was actually a step riser, like if you were going to take a step aerobics class Mm -hmm. and we had the dogs sidestep down the length of the step riser, down and back. Nice. And we're all really great about having our dogs move forward, running, 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 those same repetitive movements, but we don't have our dogs do any kind of lateral motion. So using a step riser to sidestep was one of the props that we used as well. We also used the kitchen stair step. Right. But sometimes we need it a little bit lower just to give our dogs an object to hold their front feet on. Right. So a phone book. Oh, Having your yeah. dog step up on a phone book because nobody uses phone books anymore, right? We just right. Google search and hit call. So getting that old phone book out, having your dog step up on it on their front feet mm-hmm. and then using your cookies so that they pivot. Imagine the front feet stay on and the the rear rear feet go in a circle. Nice. Exactly. Going clockwise and counterclockwise. Again, that lateral motion to help use the muscles in a different way. Love that. Mm -hmm. We also have the dogs going in reverse. So instead of, again, forward, 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 having our dogs back up. And Mm -hmm. in order to teach, air quotes, teach that, I just had people pull either their couch or their dog crate away from the wall. Mm-hmm. And then drop a treat in that end where the crate's butted up against the wall. Mm-hmm. So the dog goes in there, grabs their treat, but there's not enough room to turn around. So they have to back out. Mm-hmm. So just getting our dogs to back up. We teach that all the time with confirmation, right? Like I teach my dogs to back up when they're free stacking. I use a cookie and I walk towards them and they back up. They have to back up in order to get the cookie. Exactly. Exactly. So teaching our dogs to use their muscles in a different way. Nice. So yeah, we had an exercise ball. We had a stair stepper. We used the stairs in your house. We used a kitchen step stool. We used... A phone book. (laughs) Yeah. Anything you got, we can put to good use. And a lot of the things, quite honestly, a lot of the things that I use in my canine cardio and puppy parkour class, I got off Amazon, off the human Mm -hmm. exercise or human office section of Amazon because it works just the same for all of your dogs. So getting them to use those muscles. And again, they have to think about what am I doing? Where am I moving? Mm -hmm. And again, that's using that thinking part of their brain. We also did, I'm going to screw this up. The horse people call it Cavalettis. Cavalettis. Yes. 
Thank you. I always mess that word up. I love Cavalettis. We teach Cavalettis a lot here. The problem that I have till this remodel gets done, I don't have room in my house to put Cavalettis, but Cavalettis are wonderful. Yes. But again, that's something that you could use your Amazon boxes for, Mm -hmm. line them up and use your cookie to get them to step in and out of those different heighted boxes. And different heights is actually good because then they really have to think, oh, I don't always have to raise my foot to the same height. They actually have to be mindful Uh of where they put those feet. Okay, so you're using it for the cardio in a very different way. We use it to get dogs to think about where they put their feet when they're moving. So if you have a young Mm -hmm. dog that's got all legs and doesn't know where to put his legs, we use the Cavalettis to teach them proper foot timing. Yep. And I slow it down so I can focus on, I don't use it necessarily in a gait pattern. Right, Right. I use it slowing it down to teach them to be aware of where they're putting their feet just rear foot awareness. So I have these little fit pause jumps that I use in class. Mm -hmm. And unless you have a toy breed, nobody really has to jump the highest setting. Like it's at ankle height for almost everybody. Right. But I notice a lot of times dogs will kick it over with their back feet in class. Mm -hmm. And what I have noticed is the dogs who are stressed are the ones who kick it over in class. And I think that's because when we are under stress, we lose our fine motor skills. And part of that has to do with how hard or soft your dog takes treats. And I think with dogs, since they have four feet instead of two, they forget they have those back feet. And so Uh the front feet go over and they're a little stressed and they knock it over with their back feet. Nice. And I'll use the Cataletti's boxes as well for sidestepping. Yeah. With both the front feet and the rear feet, just the rears in Mm -hmm. to kind of sidestep down and back. See, I think this is good. We've got all kinds of stuff we can do that we're like repurposing some of the same equipment, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Make my money go further. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And you know, here's the thing for pet dog owners. They don't want to have to invest a million dollars to have stuff to do stuff with their dogs. So I like to find ways so that people can engage more with their dogs with whatever house they have, whatever furniture they have, whatever, you know, because it's use what you got to make the most of what you have. So a lot of these fine muscle things also help for people who are doing competitive obedience Mm -hmm. as well. So getting those dogs rear leg awareness so they can slide in so that Agility. they're straight when they do their finish left and finish right. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. You don't need a bunch of fancy jumps to work your agility dog in the winter. Having low jumps and having them in a sit very close to the jump mm-hmm. and it's very, very low. So when they're in a sit and then you ask them to jump over something, they're actually having to power off those rear legs instead of kind of bunny hopping with all four Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. over the jump. So we used it in canine cardio on leg week to have our dogs focus on those rear leg jumping. But that's something that the agility people can help practice. We used a can of corn, a bar stool to teach our dogs to get around, which means just go out and around an object and come back to me. Right. And by doing that, that stretches your obliques on the outside and Mm -hmm. you're actually doing a crunch on the inside. And if you have senior dogs who are starting to have some degenerative disc and spine, Mm -hmm. all right, canine cardio isn't going to solve that problem. But the stronger your muscles are around the spine, 
the more it's going to help prevent injury and reduce pain. Even as senior dogs who are, we all kind of fall apart as we get older. Yeah, don't even talk to me about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, don't forget that all Good Dog Breeder members can use the email breederofficehours at gooddog.com to ask specific questions or discuss a sensitive topic. Send your email by Monday and get your response in Susan Patterson's Straight from the Whelping Box column by Thursday. Awesome! And Avadog's Your Litter A to Z course is available to all Good Dog Breeder members. Just log into your Good Dog account and then go to the Good Breeder Center where you'll find A to Z as well as savvy socialization courses created by Gail Watkins just for you. Next up, Dixie's bringing us some really, really manageable physical fitness exercises that we can all do to keep our dogs strong and healthy over the course of their lives. Welcome, Dixie. Hi, Laura. Thanks for inviting me. Give us some ideas. Give us your top three, top five suggestions for exercises. Okay. One is good old-fashioned walking, but walking on an incline. And this is a 15 to 45% incline added a very slow walk. It makes them drive off that rear and really use their muscles. It helps them when they're doing it uphill. The iliopsoas, which is a flexion muscle in the hind end, in the loin, really strengthens this and gets them to really use in their rear muscles. People always want to do this at a trot or a run. A slow walk is going to work the muscles more for that deep down drive. And then you could turn around and walk back downhill at a very, very slow walk. And then they use their eccentric muscles, which will tighten up their front. And it's a different type of exercise for their front end by making them go downhill really slow. And so are you recommending they do this on the treadmill or you're recommending they go outside and like actually walk with their dog? (laughs) Go go outside and walk your dog. Excellent. Benefits you, benefits your dog. It doesn't have to be much of an incline. You don't want it to be an extreme incline. And it is a very slow walk. And you can do this up and down like 100 feet 10 times. Excellent. And another exercise that you like? My favorite. Down to stand and stand to down. Okay, good. Core is very, very important for every part of this dog is to core strengthen the dog, which is your lower abdominal muscles. Same like us. Exactly. It's your core that gives you your balance. So, and it's a very easy exercise to teach and it's to me a accordion down. Not, I don't teach it down from the sit because it does nothing for the core. A dog sits and lies down. It's just a plop. They're not using any muscles. Stand your dog up. Take your bait between their nose and then bring it down between their front paws and get them to accordion down. And you just take your bait and pull them back up to a stand. And once they learn it, you prefer that they do this without moving any of their feet. So this is a down to a stand, a stand to a down. And it's very core strengthening. And how many repetitions, if you will, would you do with that? I would start with 10 it's not so much repetition as it is the quality of what you're doing. First of all, it's just getting the dog to do this and then getting the dog to do it 10 times in a row. And it's not a fast type thing. You want them to do all this in kind of a slow motion down to stand because it uses more muscles to do this. 
And then you can go, you know, 10 times and take a 30-second break, a minute break, and do another set. And eventually you can work up to three sets of these of doing 10 in each set. So we're basically, your recommendation is you're putting the dog through the same kind of exercise program that you would put yourself through. You're taking the dog to the gym. Exactly. Another one of my favorites is the same static stand on a hard surface. When they stand still, you take your cookie or whatever, and you get them just to lift their head up. You know, with the cookie, bring their nose up. You can watch their lumbar area contract just with a head lift. That alone will help strengthen a top line. And so they're standing flat on the floor, and you're having them move their head, lift their chin, if you will. Yes. Lift their chin, and if you watch, you can't always see it on a coated dog. I love using one of my terriers to demonstrate this. All of a sudden, you'll see that lumbar area contract, the lower back. And do you do this again in repetition, or how do we work that exercise? Yes. You know, if you can do that 10 times a day, what my trainer encourages to do is, in the morning, take your kibble, those that eat kibble, and take 10 pieces of kibble, get them to stand, and get them to lift their head up and down up and down and then you can go from there to bringing their head down between their front legs and side to side just using kibble a fun little exercise in the morning it's a time issue but it's not that much time it takes less than 10-15 minutes a day to exercise the dog excellent and next on our list so we got one more exercise that's a good one to do another great one to do is sidestepping so you're going to put your dog pretty much face into a wall and the dog's going to be perpendicular to the wall, and you're just going to put a little body pressure on the dog with maybe a cookie in front of its nose and teach it to go sideways. This sounds more complicated. (laughs) This is a little more complicated. It's very much like teaching a horse to sidestep. Right, right. Just going to put pressure on the rear with the cookie in the front, and you're going to teach him to step one over the other sideways. Okay, and what are we building with that? That is your adduction and adduction muscles of both your front and rear. And those are just, again, stabilizers to balance their body, teaching them to bow in the front so their elbows are basically on the floor. So you're taking their nose between their front legs and bringing it down till they're bowing. And a lot of dogs will bow naturally, but bring them down to where their elbows and from their elbows forward are on the ground. And you do this slowly and hold it down there and then bring them back up. Very good. So say you only have one dog and you're going to go through all of these exercises each morning before you go to work. How long do you think the whole thing is going to take you? Once you've learned it and the dog has learned it, 15 to 20 minutes. Perfect. All right, everybody. Thanks for taking us with you today. If you're not a member of Good Dogs Community and you're interested in more information like this, as well as gaining access to our exclusive benefits, you can apply to join today at gooddog.com backslash join. That's gooddog.com backslash join. Good Dog is a secure online community that advocates for dog breeders, educates the public, helps informed puppy buyers connect directly with certified good breeders, and promotes responsible dog ownership. Good Dog is offering its Good Breeders special advanced access to the video recordings and transcripts for the full three-part Q&A webinar series with Dr. Hutchinson. All you have to do is sign up as a breeder at gooddog.com slash join. That is g-o-o-d-d-o-g dot com 
slash join or click the link in the show notes.